From executive producer Ronda Rousey comes a groundbreaking new series, Why We Fight, a never-before-seen journey into the lives of unknown and underdog fighters. Every day, they put it all on the line. Some fight for family, some for fortune, and others fight for freedom. Watch Why We Fight, every episode now streaming on go90.show slash mm. What's up, guys? It's your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. Hi, as always, I'm David Shoemaker. I'm here with uh, my regular co-pilot, Big Daddy Dave Schilling. That's right. I, I can't believe I have a new nickname. And it really stuck. Special, our special guest here today, the A-lister, Mike Lawrence. Hey, man. How's it going? How's it, how are you doing, man? I'm good. We tried to get you on for a while, and you've been like in some <laughs> other faraway land filming a movie as far as... Yeah, I, uh, I did a movie with uh, Hugh Jackman, um, the greatest man that will ever live. Uh, and also, he, pun- he punched Dolph Ziggler like in 2009. Yeah. Yeah, promoting real steel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we just talked about that for three weeks. <laughs> no, yeah, he is he's, He is the best, uh, and it was super fun, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, if everything goes correctly, if technology goes correctly, uh, the King of Sad Style, Dan St. Germain, will be calling in in a little bit into the show. We have a lot to talk about. We have a, a pay-per-view, Clash of Champions, this weekend. That Did I say the name of it right? It's Clash of Champions. Yeah, There's I no said it right. The. And... Um, there's 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 two thes that could be in there. The, yeah. the clash of the champions or the one or the other, but none, none. Simplicity's sake, better for hashtag purposes. Um, that'll be that's something. Um, Raw is doing its level best to compete, uh, being that it doesn't really have a, a pay per view on the horizon, and uh, I mean a, its own pay per view. And uh, we got a lot of other crazy news to discuss. Let's start. Let's start with something fun. Yeah. There's a lot of news outside the ring. That really narrows it down. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start just outside the WWE altogether. Fantastic. Uh, Sounds good. Certainly the most, the most like fun thing that I've clicked on on Twitter or Reddit or anything this week has involved Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Um, Now I want to get your guys opinion on this. My quick take is I'm a little bit, it's a, I'm a little bit mind effed by the whole thing because you can't really break down. You can't really pinpoint what they're doing. That's so much better than they would, than it would be if it was in WWE. It's just more of like WWE, more of like a soft focus lens version of it or something. But all of that is to say, this was like the weirdly, weirdly the most like vital, exciting thing that's happened, uh, you know, and clips on the internet in the wrestling internet in a while. What, do you, what what was your take, Dave? Well, I think simply it just felt more real. Uh, yeah. you, you know, you can you can overestimate the the benefit of getting color in a situation like this, but I think that's it's it, you can't overestimate it really. You can say you can, but you can't because that gives you 
a, a visual. It gives you a feeling. It's a surprise to see it because it's so rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also just, you know, the way that they did the angle was so simple. Yeah. It was, uh, it didn't have to have like a 20 minute promo before it. It didn't have to have, you know, a bunch of other people running in. The Bucks come in late with the baseball bat and that ends it. And, you know, their uh, rationales for why they didn't come out because they had been in a match or whatever the re- the reason was. But it didn't have the kind of, bells and whistles it didn't have the commercial break that's got to come right before right after it didn't it it was not wwe's format so it felt different it felt better and just to be clear i'm sure most people listening to this probably everyone has seen these clips but there there's two different there were two different moments um where there have there been three or is it the third one just i'm thinking of jericho talking about it but there was jericho appeared in the ring when kenny omega was was there surprised him beat him up got color uh hit him with the belt um, and then there, su- subsequently, there was a Chris Jericho press conference that Kenny Omega invaded. Yeah, Mike, what was your uh, what, what, what's your take on this whole thing? I mean, my thing, like with with you know the use of uh, blood, is that I don't think that's what makes it better because I completely understand why WWE doesn't do it, and so I don't think you need that to make things better. And after, I mean, let's just say after Benoit and all these other horrible tragedies and stuff and just the foreheads in HD watching <laughs> Ric Flair's 30 for 30, I'm okay. I, I get it. Maybe in 2017 we don't use razor blades against our foreheads anymore and, you know, hit each other with chairs and stuff. So, like, I don't want to think that that's why it was great. I think the reason why it was great is that it brought a tour ship back to wrestling. Hmm. It's that idea that, and I, and I think Chris Jericho is great at this. And, you know, even when he's in the handcuffed land of WWE, it's just his programs feel different because he's a driving force in them. Yes. And, and I think, you know, you have one of the best minds of all time in Jericho with one of the best minds now in Omega. I think Omega's not getting enough credit in all this. Mm-hmm. I think this is the thing they've been doing together since the beginning with the tweets. And, like, if you look at the feud from its inception and, you know, with social media and then, like, that he is in Japan. Like, I guess, I think I think a part of what makes it great is, like, no one's taking pictures of him in you know the Tokyo airport the way they do every time there's a rumble or a survivor series where you know sure. we can't help but look at the spoilers but the spoilers often do really spoil the product oh yeah yeah i don't think that it's specifically the blood that does it i think the blood is helpful i think the blood yeah. uh creates a better visual but i i it think it does yeah yeah i think you're right though that a lot of it is that it's existing not only in the the world of the television uh, in Japan, but also they're trying to kayfabe as much as they can on social media, on podcasts. They're pushing it in a different way where it's not like, eh, this is just a show. Yeah. This is just a silly show. And, you know, Sasha Banks or or, or uh, Gals and Anderson or whoever are like in a big feud with somebody, but they're also tweeting from Toys R Us, you know. Yeah, well, it's like, yeah. I think the second best Jericho angle this year would be, you know, the friendship stuff with Owens. and That it's had like, no blood. Yeah, and and I think it still worked. But then the problem too is that with you know Marvel is like this. There's such a formula that you know, like when you look at like uh, Ragnarok, the way that Taika was able to infuse himself as a director into this stale formula. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they're doing. Where it's like if you did this 
on, you know, WWE, you know they have to have the rematch. They have to have tags with other guys leading up to it. And, you know, Kenny Omega has to do guest commentary on a Jericho match. And it's like... Cost him a title. That's it. I mean, I think think when it comes down to it, uh, I I totally agree with everything you've both said. Um, It's the expectations of WWE. It's like as soon as anything exciting happens, we can project out the next eight weeks of content. And you're going to be 90% right. right? But also I think there's something in just the very literal production values um, that... It's all WWE's almost gotten it's it's almost just it's too clean it's too pretty it's too it's too much of a certain thing there was the the the, the when I saw that first clip of Jericho's running it almost felt like washed out you know it felt like when you're looking at like a you know UFC highlight reel on YouTube where everything's black and white except the blood you know I mean it really for the blood really popped in a way that it it just feels like Hollywood blood in, in WWE even though it's real when we see it right uh, everything about this angle felt to me like and we need a sound drop for whenever I bring up Memphis wrestling but it felt like the it felt like the regional wrestling that I grew up with right i mean it was the run in was was uh straightforward i mean it was very it was just a straight up like i'm going to beat you down there was no there was no necessity to like balance it out with comedy like was the case with the Jericho Owens uh storyline i think when you're working in the constraints of WWE like you're saying you kind of have to like go to extremes to sort of you have to go to one extreme to sort of like I to earn the other extreme and if your there, promo even has to be 10 to 12 minutes it's like yeah. you already like that's like like you know like with SNL it's like the sketch has to be five minutes before you even write it and it's like with this they could just do as much as they want let's go out for three let's go out for eight like it yeah. doesn't matter yeah, absolutely and then the press conference was really low rent and that made it so much more believable you know and the and oh and you like you were saying about the young bucks coming in i mean this isn't exclusive to, to memphis or anything but there was a day when when the when the when the you know other baby faces ran in from the back that that's the end of the beatdown it's not like the start of a six man tag match. Right. You know, I mean, it's that it just sort of has a very, as like a very powerful simplicity. Yeah. To Gato it. is not coming out to say, all right, guys, well, now that you've, you've come in and you need to blow some steam off. So we're going to have a six man tag. That He's like, happen. all right, player, we're going to make a tag match. <laughs> Holla, <Holla-ha. laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, y- you bring up um, the auteurship of wrestling, and there is an auteur in WWE. His name is Vince McMahon. Yeah. And Vince McMahon has been controlling this product. Um, more and more every year as he gets older and older and maybe is losing a grip on on what's fresh, the more that he tries to micromanage it, the less you can have those moments where the talent gets to take over and the talent says, I'm going to do this angle this way or I'm going to cut this kind of promo or I only want to go out here for five minutes. Like A good example of this is the Samoa Joe promo from Raw. Oof. So it just kept going and going and he's great. He's really fantastic great. on the yeah. microphone these days. But at what point do we just need to have Roman Reigns come out? Yeah. It's that this segment has to be this long because this is a three-hour television show and we have a commercial break coming up at this time. Yeah. So we have to just keep dragging it out. And when is Roman Reigns just going to come out? Yeah. <laughs> Dean was, Ambrose had to go like it's, yeah, fetch I mean, him. We, yeah, to talk, I mean, it's funny because you're, you're exactly right. When we, when we talk about people's promo ability in WWE, you really sh- are rating them on a very specific st- scale. It's like working WWE-style matches five years ago in that like, Every promo has to be between like seven and 15 minutes long. There's no, I mean, when they do, there's very little, hey, just get your ass out here. You yeah. know? Well, here's the thing about that specific opening promo. I was thinking about this, like how weird it was because it's like you had, you know, Rollins and Ambrose, like they're not in a locker room. 
they're not even in a green room. They're just in a room that has a TV. We don't know why. And they're watching the that, television. They're that just, made me more uh, more mad this week than it has in a long time. And it, I think it's just because Joe's promo actually had some vitality to it. And I was like, can we just have a just a camera that's a hundred feet away that that catches them from a distance? We don't need the dialogue of like go yeah. get go get the big dog. You know, <laughs> what I mean, <laughs> it's so weird. And then and then Roman is also watching the tele, and they're standing up. There's no seats in there. Like there's no room anywhere that they're just here's the TV. And then so then he walks out. And he's like, all right, I guess I'll walk out and now. It was like it was this kayfabe breaking in a way that was uncomfortable but to a, me. You're, you're right. You're right. But the, but the real and, kayfabe. And then he comes out and his music. Music starts playing because he like now did the sound guy know? All right, well I guess he's leaving. I better cue this up. And it's just so weird. Well, imagine if that segment instead of taking place in this sort of weird you I think you're zone say. took place at Gorilla. Exactly. Yeah. And because talking about breaking kayfabe, like how long ago did the? I mean, how long ago did the Kevin Owens 365 air? Was it two weeks ago? Two or three? Yeah, something like that. I, I can't say for sure. In the very recent past, we have seen video footage of what gorilla looks like on w on the yeah. wwe network like i understand that vince mcmahon can't be an on-screen character as in whatever running gorilla and doing his care whatever i mean if that's your decision that's fine but we know what this looks like and in and we and we understand that if you're standing there by the curtain and you're like i'm gonna go kick his ass maybe you should just be like you know hey Kurt Angle, who's who's sitting in there in Gorilla with his with his headphones on. Do you mind if I go out there? Am I going to get fired if I go bust his face in right now? You know, just some sort of conversation, Ooh. some sort of like situ like situation that we're and we've seen this. It's sort of like again to to piggyback on Mike's sort of SNL analogy is that they do those those segments on SNL during the monologues or or whatever where you're backstage of SNL and there's people walking around and mm -hmm. it seems like an actual like functioning television show and people are trying to get Lauren Michaels' attention in sketches and stuff. Why not open WWE up that way and say, look, everybody knows how this show actually works. Not everybody, but the people that are the hardest hardcore fans uh, know the bells and whistles and the wheels turning of this show. So yeah. why don't we just put it here? And then it feels more real. But they don't care about it feeling real anymore. They care about it being slick. It's a it's a television show. It's not a wrestling show. New Japan is a wrestling show. They don't have commercials sure. that sure. air between segments. They don't have to worry about sponsors in the way that WWE does. So it's just a totally different environment, a different production. So I want to slam WWE for not doing this, but I also get the rationale behind it. Oh, yeah. I, and I don't have any... I mean, I think that that's a totally legitimate argument. I just think that the, that the only... I mean, the, the big flaw in it is WWE has 8,000 hours of television every week, and they're trying to be the entire world of pro wrestling. I mean, that's clearly their motivation. So there should be... It would be different if, like, on SmackDown, there was it, it had a different vibe, and there was like cameras in Gorilla, and it's like, oh no, this is our more adult, this is our this is our smart mark show. Um, but they do none of that. All the production is the same. Well, I think it's you know it's also when you're in the format that they're in of that many hours of content a week, it's less about let's present the best program possible as opposed to let's present the most efficient. Yeah. program possible and i mean and, and that makes sense and you know you were saying vince mcmahon is the auteur and it is like you can even see his fingerprints like a lot of the time like 
Like it is, it is crazy to me, like watching the Absolution and Riot Squad, and literally the Riot Squad looks like the create a wrestler versions <laughs> of Absolution. Yeah. They each have the exact role. Yeah. There's the pale leader, there's the blonde, and then there's yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> and it's so weird. Like it is. Um, but, speaking of WWE shows uh, in different formats. We're going to have Dan St. Germain on the show in just one minute if uh, if Jim places the call to him. But before we get to him, I want to briefly touch on the Mixed Match Challenge. Um, the biggest challenge so far on the show is me saying it. So I, I feel really good about getting it out without tripping over myself. Um, WWE just announced a new show that will be live on Facebook um, Tuesday nights in, I guess, the 205 Live time slot. Immediately after SmackDown, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm Schilling. You are going to explain this to me. Okay, so there's uh, there will be six teams from each side. Set teams. They're not set. That's the thing. Uh, you, as the fan, the member of the WWE universe, get to decide what the teams are going to be. Right. So there will be a voting mechanism. So you could put Nia Jax with Enzo Amore because they're in a program together, or you could put Nia Jax with Braun Strowman, and then they're going to have a tournament. And the winner of the tournament uh, gets $100,000 for the charity of their choice. Okay, it's all the, the teams have to be on the same show or no? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Raw versus SmackDown. And gimmick. once they're set, they're set. This isn't a round-robin thing. That I don't know. Right. It reminds me in, in its level of complexity and uh, irrelevance to the Battle Bowl. I just imagine Nia Jax and Braun Strowman, and I'm like, man, you better reinforce that mattress. <laughs> <laughs> just collapses like when they slam the big show. I wonder how much of this is going to be worked because you, you've you got Nia Jax and Enzo right there. You've got, uh, you know, uh, oh, Lana and uh, Rusev on the SmackDown side. Are we going to put those teams together? Uh, it makes a lot of sense for wrestling storyline purposes for them to just work it and, and gimmick who's on what team. But at the same time, you know, they're saying there's a vote. I don't know how much of it is going to be real and how much of it's going to be kayfabe in the way that like a Taboo Tuesday was obviously like gimmicked or the Battle Bowl was gimmicked. Huh. The Battle Bowl was gimmicked, but I, I mean, I don't, I, honestly, I need to just go back and read everything I can about the Battle Bowl. The, I mean, even as an adult, it felt like it was not gimmicked. Interesting. I mean, WCW, I, I would guess it wouldn't be gimmicked. Or <laughs> like 30 minutes before the show but that's started. That's what's really cool about it. I mean, that's, what, I mean, that's the one, like that. that's definitely like a, an opportunity that WWE has uh, for, you know, I mean, whenever we get in these arguments, wrestling's fake. Well, it's not fake, you know, that you, you don't actually earn a championship. Well, you do. You do earn a championship. You get over, you know, I mean, that, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, one, you know, one of the things we always talk about is just like the amazing the amazing ability to call a match in the ring to whatever degree it happens. Um, you know, some matches are more scripted than others, but a lot of this stuff happens in the ring and that opportunity to say like, they're, they literally don't know what's who, who they're going to be in the ring with and who their partner is going to be before the match. Like that's a cool sort of exhibition style in a very postmodern wrestling world. Right. Now, is this going to be intergender wrestling? I don't think so. Cause it, I can't it, imagine WWE no. doing that. Not after rich Swan guys. All right. Before we get to the King of sad style, let's take a quick break to talk about why we fight. From executive producer, Ronda Rousey comes a groundbreaking new series. Why we fight. From California to Tijuana, Thailand and beyond, Why We Fight offers a never-before-seen journey into the lives of unknown and underdog fighters. In each episode of this eight-part series, you'll go face-to-face with a new fighter and discover a deeper meaning than just winning. 
Some fight for glory, some fight for family, and some fight because it's the only life they know. Everyone has a reason. Watch Why We Fight, every episode now streaming on go90.show slash mm. That's go90.show slash mm. And now on the line from Parts Unknown, Dan St. Germain. The king of sad style, Dan St. Germain, calling us live from a fancy Hollywood studio lot. Dan, how you doing, yeah, man? Yeah, just, just uh, petting my Pomeranian and uh, thinking about my my next steps and taking over this town. Uh, we were just talking about uh, uh, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho before you got on the air. Do you want to hit on that before we talk about Clash of the Champions? Clash of Champions? I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just cool to see Jericho. I mean, you guys probably got into this. Um, you know, it, it's funny. When, when wrestling is really great, it seems like all wrestling fans have the same opinion on it, you know? But it's... It's great to just see Jericho be like a serious heel again. And I loved all his comedy stuff in WWE too. So, I mean, I thought the last, his last run of WWE was the best stuff he's done since his Shawn Michaels feud. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just cool. I, and, and he's clearly Jericho's like, he's Easter egging, you know, uh, you know, he's Easter egging like, this is your last, this is the last match we're going to have in new Japan. He keeps saying that. So now the, all the wrestling message boards are probably like, does that mean that Kenny Omega is going to come to WWE? Is he going to be a Royal Rumble surprise entrant? And that's the beauty thing about, beautiful thing about wrestling is that uh, Kenny Omega coming to WWE uh, would be like one of the last great surprises that would be left. So at least for now. Yeah, um, I did. Yeah, I, I thought it was awesome. Did you guys like it? I uh, loved it. Loved it. I did think that Jericho's insistence that he didn't ask permission from WWE to do it was a little bit on the nose. Like a little. It was. A, it was a little. It, it. It did make me feel like this. I mean, he's Easter egging. That's. Uh, that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah, we we yeah. all we all really enjoyed it. And and by the way, for all the credit that Jericho is going to get and deserve and and very much deserves in this. Um, let's stipulate that it's it was his decision to not grow his hair out for the past five years, and that's helping a lot in the storyline, too. Just a totally different look, I think, is really helping helping us believe he's evil. <laughs> that's true. And, yeah, Chris Jericho, he said that, but, uh, you know, he said, oh, I didn't get permission from Vince McMahon. Of course he got permission, He, you know, from... And also, it's like the Tokyo Dome. It's not the TNA ballroom. You know, it's a big deal. Yeah, totally, so. totally true. Speaking of big deals, uh, we have one of the most prestigious WWE pay-per-views of all time coming up this weekend. The most prestigious <laughs> filler pay-per-view of all time. It's really funny because because Raw doesn't have a pay-per-view, which I was saying earlier. I mean, until the Rumble, they don't have a you know their own branded pay-per-view. So in some ways, SmackDown's got like the traditional framework of how to build for the next month or whatever, like set up a little bit more better, more more straightforwardly. Um, but yeah, it does feel like such filler when Raw is just talking about the future and SmackDown's like, hey, we're going to have a thing. Yeah, this 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 pay-per-view is so important, you can't help but wonder why the wrestlers can't just be with their families. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is Lawrence on the yeah, show? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was me, idea. Dan. It was me What's all along. Up? Hey, I replaced you. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Um, well, I hope you enjoy it. It's um, fine. Treat them right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, it's really awkward. But Hugh Jackman is just standing in the darkness of the studio, watching us record right now. Oh, so. <laughs> well, if you if you check out Mike's Instagram, he posted that photo about thirteen times. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys forget I was with Wolverine? 
<laughs> we would all be doing the exact same thing. All right. Being made fun of by the only guy who sounds out of breath on a phone call. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about your doctor is diagnosing you with new diseases every week, Mike. <laughs> and one of them is your friendship. All right. Hey. Uh, hey, listen, we can end that at any moment. All right. <laughs> Mike, Mike is who I'm watching one of the champions with. So <laughs> Dan's actually in Japan now. That's great. <laughs> All right, Dan. Uh, do you have okay? Let's let's just talk about you know we'll we'll get to our picks later. But since we got you on the phone, um, mm-hmm. let's run through this Clash of Champions card real quick. It's uh, AJ okay. AJ versus Gender reunited with the Singh brothers, and it feels so good. Uh, in the in, for the WWE <laughs> Championship, um, what's what, what's your what, what's your feeling about this one? Um, I I think probably Gender is gonna win just so Cena can win the strap from. Gender, and then have maybe Styles Cena at WrestleMania, that, like have Styles win the Rumble. The, um, the, but, the panel, know, I mean, the panel is shaking. As AJ retains, and then Daniel Bryan comes in at a Rumble, and then you have Bryan versus AJ. At, Whoa! At okay, <laughs> the panel was shaking its head vigorously when you were saying that Gender was going to win, and through all of that, and then when you said Daniel Bryan enters the Rumble, the, their heads exploded. So <laughs> I, I don't know how to respond to what he's saying. I'm triggered. <laughs> Well, I mean, he keeps hinting that he's he's got a good chance of coming back. So, wow! And they put back Kurt Angle, who's about to like break in half at any moment. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference is WWE never formally prohibited Kurt Angle from wrestling. At least, and there was no there was no like public statements to that effect. It was so long ago; it'd be kind of hard to back down. But it is well, at least six police departments in Pittsburgh and Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Um, that this is this is a good one to parse out. Um, I'm not sure that I mean that's that's obviously the big the big you know the big match on the card. Um, the the other one that has real implications going forward, which and you you talked about one of the participants or pseudo participants is Orton and Nakamura versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with double special guest referees Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. Um, and if Owens and Zayn lose, Owens and Zayn lose, they are fired from WWE. Can my prediction just be that Randy Orton says something racist to Nakamura before the match? <laughs> I can't believe we have both Mike and Dan on to say exactly what everyone's thinking. That's great. Oh my God. We're never going to get WWE to sponsor this show. I'm sorry. That's fine. You should continue no. doing it. Yeah. I, plausible deniability on my end. Should I just bu- just build a new social media platform and they'll be airing a program on <laughs> there in no time. I just uh, took a dump in your bag of opportunity. <laughs> pretty much. All right. <laughs> Dan, Dan, what's your what's your take on the Owen Zane uh, Shane Bryan angle? I mean, it's weirdly Orton and Nakamura. Like, last night I thought it was the Yep thing, Yep movement. I thought it was great. Um, they're officially I, selling I, they're officially selling Yep movement T shirts on WWE.com right thank now. God. Of course they are. Yeah. I, 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 I love I love Zane and Owens as a heel team. I do think they need that extra umph, whether it's Shane as their manager, um, or or having Devil come back, which I had heard, which I thought would be an awesome addition to that stable. But uh, you know, I I don't think Daniel Bryan's gonna. I don't think the biggest baby face it, on a it, on a show that has maybe like two true baby faces. I, I don't think they're gonna have Daniel Bryan turn heel. So um, I, I think that, you know, I, I look, I think they made a, a match that we shouldn't care about, and now we care about it. So I think they've, they've done a lot, actually, with this feud. And, uh, you know, I hope, uh, you know, if Shane turns heel, I mean, I'm a little bit sick of, you know, the McMahons, but I'm not totally sick of Shane. So, 
you know, Shane Owens and Sammy together. I, I don't know what the story would be. I don't, I don't know how you would, I mean, storyline wise and, and, you know, motivation wise, it makes much more sense to have uh, Daniel Bryan be their manager, but like, you know, t-shirt wise and, and even, you know, just pop, crowd pop wise, I don't know. I really don't know how they could do that unless the ultimate goal, you know, was to have, I don't know. I just don't know how they could do that. So, um, yeah, I would, I would, I think that uh, there's no way, I think that Shane, you know, screws, somehow Shane screws him and screws Orton and Nakamura and it's, uh, it's Shane Owens and, and Sammy together. Uh- we got to talk at length about this, so I'm going to ask uh, Dave and Mike to pause on their opinions on this match until <laughs> until after this phone call, because this could this is gonna this is gonna be the rest of the show, all the the iterations of this. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? We got the the rest of the card, Dan. We got uh, Baron Corbin defending the U.S. title against Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. We got Charlotte Charlotte defending the women's championship against Natalia. Uh, the Usos are taking on the New Day and Shelton Benjamin and Gable and Rusev and Aiden English. And then we uh, we got Brizongo versus the Bludgeon Brothers, which is somehow on the main card only by the grace of Zack Ryder and Mojo Rowley, who are fighting on the pre-show. Uh, any of those any of those interest you enough to talk about? It's <laughs> a loaded question. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's I, I thought the four tag match, four team tag match could be could be good. What I don't understand is. You know how the hell don't you are you not pushing B, Big E as a top babyface? Yeah. Or or Kofi Kingston. You have like you know. I have you one have reason Robin why. Robin Roode as a babyface, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. It's just like I don't understand how you don't have New Day in that. Like they're it, it, it like seeing them in that four corners tag team match is almost like seeing like you know the kid who should have graduated high school 2 years ago you know like they've kind of done everything they can do in the tag division at this point like that last match they had at Hell in the Cell with the Usos which was really good i mean that should have kind of been their their and then you have you know and Rusev and Aiden English are probably on the verge of becoming faces uh, so have them kind of take the new day position on the tag card and and move the tag teams up uh, i don't know what do you guys think i mean i i agree on the tag match they've they've done a pretty pretty competent job of booking this thing for a four-way tag team kind of i mean it's i don't i'm not going to call it a throwaway but obviously this isn't just like wrestlemania booking right here um yeah i mean it's it has me as interested as the match of this caliber could be of this sort could be uh but but i but i totally agree i mean and there's no reason why i keep saying it on a roster this small why you couldn't have the new day doing two things at one time, you know, there's no reason why Biggie can't be in the U S you know, in the U S uh, melee, whatever. And also, and then also have them going for the tag belt. What I don't get is why isn't Gable and Benjamin just lethal weapon? Why isn't <laughs> Gable just like the oh, wow. crazy, like young white guy. And Benjamin is like the older black guy that's just seen it all and He's is over it. Too old for this shit. Yeah. Uh, he really yeah, actually is. kind of is. Look, I mean, look, I mean, I gotta, they, their promo was brutal last night. Yeah. yeah. It did feel, it did. I, I was just watching Shelton the whole time thinking he's too old for this shit. Like yeah. that's what was, it was painted on his face. I, I it, Shelton Benjamin was never a good uh, promo ever. And to put him with a Chad Gable shows a lack of creativity and imagination because you've essentially created the same problem you had with Jason Jordan is really athletic guy, does a lot in the ring, can't cut a promo. Yeah. 
So, I mean, where is Chad Gable going to go after this is over? What's Sheldon Benjamin going to do after this is over? It, just, it has a, an obvious ceiling, and Chad Gable's not learning the things that he needs to learn on the road if he's tagging with a guy who has the same problem he does. It is amazing like to be around as long as Shelton Benjamin has and not improve one bit in terms of promos. Like it's kind of impressive to like he's been employed for how many years in different companies and stuff and like take an acting class. Yeah. Like something. Well, I mean he was It's hard. Not everybody's a good actor, you know? So why don't you like like uh you know, work to his strengths. Don't have him cut a promo that's like trying to be like the fun, like they were trying to give him like Anderson and Gallows type promos. Yeah. And it, it just did not work sure. at all. First of all, I, I, I you know, we're going to lose our UCB sponsorship if you let it out that, you know, 10, 10 improv classes won't make you into a potential <laughs> SNL cast member. Um, yeah, well, it's okay. They're used to not paying people. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, WWE won't provide health insurance. <laughs> we'll pay for your UCB classes. It's weird how they prioritize I will, things. I will say, I will say to, uh, I will say to, to Benjamin's credit, when he was in Ring of Honor and when, when he, when he and, 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 uh, and Haas were in, were in Ring of Honor. They were really capable heels. They were just they were on the kind of early wave of working the we're too good to be here shtick, and people loved to boo them. And they did it. I mean, they were fully acting. I mean, they were playing heel. They were acting in the ring, just on the mic. You know, he, he's never been that great. So, anyway, um, I think that one of the matches stands out for me. I mean, also in the kind of what the hell category is Flair Charlotte Flair versus Natalia, just because. The entire storyline in the women's division is about, I mean, on the SmackDown side, it's about the Riot Squad. Now, they are going to be lumberjacks mm-hmm. uh, for this match, um, right. o- along with the rest of the division. But inside the ring, we just have the two, you know, rematch for the title in a pretty standard way. What are you, what are you expecting to happen? How much are we going to see the Riot Squad involved? Well, when I first, I, I first saw that, you know, those three you know, had entered the uh, melee the same night that, you know, Absolution, same week Absolution had debuted. I thought there was going to be some interesting crossover and there was going to be a connection. I actually was kind of interested by it. And now it just appears um, that they were just like, oh, we'll just do the same thing on both shows and see what happens. Um, Yeah, I don't understand what's really happening unless they have something saved uh, for later on. I I mean... I feel kind of bad for Ruby Riot because in almost any other instance, she would be you no know, looked at as pretty good. But Paige has kicked so much ass since coming back to mm-hmm. WWE as far as her promos, as far as her in-ring skill. I mean, she's like an old – you forget she's 25 because when she does a promo, you're like, this is probably the one of the better promos. And like, her promos are way better than they were when she was last in WWE, which I guess is just time. But – yeah, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a it's kind of a bummer, but you know Charlotte's really good in the ring. Natalia's really good in the ring. Um, I hope they can pull off a good match. I, I don't know what the lumberjacks, unless there's something where, you know, what they should have done is just had they just should have. I don't even know what what are they called those three girls again? The Riot Squad. The Riot Squad. Thanks. If they just had those at them at went ringside, you know, why did they have to? Like, yeah, why do they have to crowd with everybody else? And why, it just doesn't make any sense. Why is there a second Lumberjack match in the same month on the same show? Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that makes... And, and uh, you know, again, what we're, what we're seeing here, as we saw with uh, 
uh, with Naomi, right? Right. Um, is that whenever, whenever somebody takes a little bit of time off, a little bit of time off, and then they come back again, they get a huge pop. So I, I don't understand why WWE doesn't have seasons for different wrestlers. I know they can't take off the full year, but if like they let every wrestler take off, you know, three months a year, um, they would have much bigger stars because when they would come back, it would actually mean something. T-shirt sales go down if you're not working every week. Well, your T-shirt sales go down, but WWE's. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, if you're not on the show, yeah, yeah. But I don't even understand the t-shirt sales thing. I, I mean, everybody can go to WWE.com and buy their t-shirts, and you should buy presents for your favorite wrestling fans. I think fans. you would realize what that lifestyle was doing to you if you had time off. <laughs> That's it. It's are like getting, getting some are time you away. WWE sponsorship, or was that just a bit? No, that was a bit. The uh, oh. but, no, but uh, like we go to these shows, and they have the same five shirts for sale every time. That's true. I mean, you can't find a Gallows and Anderson shirt at a WWE live event. It's just not going to happen. The merch stand is basically thinking, oh, is that a Jeff Hardy shirt? And then you're like, oh, no, it's a Roman Reigns shirt. Oh, is that an AJ Styles shirt? Oh, no, it's a different Roman Reigns shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's that's actually happened to me where two times I've thought, oh, that's a really cool shirt for someone that's not Roman Reigns. And then I look closer and it's a Roman Reigns T-shirt. Well, you just yeah. go to like a booth at a WWE event and it's all Zack Ryder T-shirts <laughs> and you realize it's his dad. Are you <laughs> just, I got to do something. This isn't <laughs> sanctioned by the company, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh how many more shirts would WWE sell if they just had the stars come out like at an indie show and just like everybody gets a merch table and tries to hawk their own stuff oh god that happened at uh, the New Japan show uh, at, in Long Beach well, there was, was a, a there was a weird purchasing process for that yeah I'm just oh, saying that, like the there was oh, I forget who it was Yoshi Tatsu yes exactly Yoshi Tatsu thank you he had his own sad little booth selling his own t-shirts and nobody was buying his t-shirts anyway he just started selling I mean, you know, mario <laughs> i went with uh, some really funny comics he's got evan williams and devito and we went to go see uh some i mean greg stone was there too we went to go see some uh new jersey wrestling show i think it was like a pw not a pwg because that's california maybe pro wrestling syndicate that's what it was but we went to go there and we all got a picture with vader and Vader was so doped up that like we looked at the camera and Vader was giving the Vader signal with his hands in a different direction. <laughs> when when he, how did I know that story was going to end up being sad? When he oh, dies, yeah. is his obituary just going to be "It's Vader's time"? <laughs> <laughs> it was it's, Vader time. Uh, it's, yeah, it's Vader time for my mess. <laughs> oh boy! All right, oh, all right, all right, Dan. We got to get out of here before we let you go. Do you have? Uh, do you want to give us any hot takes on uh, on Braun Strowman versus Braun Strowman's feud with Kane for a potential title shot? Oh my God! It's riveting. I can't wait. Um, you know, I mean, look, I, I, it, what else are they, you know, they could have done a million things with it, with, they could have done Finn Balor, uh, they could have done, they could have done Cesaro, Cesaro versus Lesnar with Paul Heyman there, there's already a built-in story. Yeah. But they're gonna do, I mean, those three wrestling, it just, it just reminds me of like, when like a big three, like a big zoo animal takes a slow shit in front of you, <laughs> like I just feel like that, that it's just gonna be, it's gonna be slow and plodding, and I feel bad because like, you know, like now Kane, I, I, you know, Kane's done so much cool stuff with the company, and he, he seems like a great guy backstage. Um, but it's kind of weird now. He, he when he wears the mask, 
he kind of reminds me of like Alan Rickman and Galaxy Quest. <laughs> you know, like you're like you're wearing a. It's like Kane wearing a Kane costume, or like Kane in a legend signing, like ten years after he retired. And it's it's also a bummer just because of, you know how they buried Strowman at no Mer- at uh, no mercy in September. But look, like any uh, abused WWE, like like you know like, like in any toxic relationship, I will still be watching the Royal Rumble with bells on. Yeah, they could literally have like Braun Strowman um, versus like 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 you know bring the WCW Renegade back to life and have him fight <laughs> Renegade and or or Glacier, and I would still watch the damn thing. I would pop hard for Glacier. Can we get uh, Ernest the Cat Miller as well? He isn't he employed by W? Isn't he your trainer down in Florida? God, he might be. That'd be cool. I love that guy. I would. Um, I would do it. Yeah, Virgil. <laughs> give me somebody. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Legends House have, Season have 2. Bring David Arquette back. Bring David Arquette back. There have you go. All the, night, it's called Clash of Champions, so why not have a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion on the card? Exactly. Yeah, you I, got it. We're on it. We're on it. Let's book this show. Uh, no, I was totally wrong about Ernest the Cat Miller. I, uh, he, according, to his, according to his Wikipedia page, the last thing on his Wikipedia page... Um, oh, it's not WWE he works at. It's uh, Red Lobster. <laughs> right, I don't know how I got those two confused. There's a, there's a great line at the end of his Wikipedia page that says, in, Jan- in a January 2009 interview, Miller announced that he was cast as George Foreman in an HBO biopic that has yet to be produced. Oh, and it's no. been eight years. <laughs> what have I become my sweetest friend? Hey, he was great as the Ayatollah. Uh, the wrestler, yeah. Oh, that's right. He was the idol. Yeah, that was really good. Hey, could I plug stuff? Yeah, plug all you want. Uh, I am doing a, uh, I am recording my next album at the Stan Comedy Club two weeks two weeks from today. It's the Stan Comedy Club in New York City. There's shows at 8 and 10 o'clock. You can go on my Twitter or on my, which is at DS Germain, or on my Instagram to go get tickets, or you can go to the club website. And for those of you who don't live in New York City, um, a week after that, January 4th uh, through 6th, I will be also recording my album um, at the Comedy Club on State in Madison, Wisconsin, which is one of the best clubs in the country, so is The Stand. I'd love to see you guys there, and uh, I'll be selling St. Germania shirts at least at, uh, at Madison. So, yeah, that'll be my sad uh, table after the indie match moment. You can have one with me. Have a sad moment with Dan St. Germain. <laughs> okay. What a calling card. Hey, man, thanks so much for calling in. Thank we'll, you. We'll Thank talk you to you again soon. Me. I appreciate it. Good to see you. See you on Sunday, Mike. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. All right. Yeah, go see Dan. Uh, he's literally one of the funniest people I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. Watching- He'll give you a phone call. When you buy his shirt <laughs> as you're buying his shirt. It must be a lot of heavy breathing, but you will get a phone call from him. Uh, man. Oh, I man. I literally just felt like Braun Strowman because it's like, man, I came in like with a lot of enthusiasm and then realized I was replaced by a part-timer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, well, let's talk about some of this stuff. Um, <laughs> you had me on a show with my literal equivalent. <laughs> well, I had to just listen to him for 20 minutes. I'm so sorry we put you through that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to deal with that enough in real life. Um, all right. Fine. So Dan touched a little bit on uh, Strowman versus Kane. Let's let's hit on Raw, and then we'll we'll circle back to Clash of the Champions. Um, the Clash of the no Clash of Champions. I'm deliberately, I'm, no. From now on, we're going to call it. We're gonna we're gonna be the first 
the first podcast to ever fuck up this way. We're going to call it Clash the of Champions from now on. <laughs> Does this count in the Clash of Champions lineage? Can we put a number on it? Because they used to number them. I don't think they're Can we just call it final fourth quarter pay-per-view and just yes. be done with it? We'll all right. <laughs> um, all right. So Braun Strowman versus Kane. They had a match on Monday night. The winner was supposed to take on Braun Strowman. I mean, sorry, Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. It was a double count out. Like, but the post count out fighting was kind of fun but the lead up to the count out was probably the lamest thing after all of the after all of the one-upsmanship they've done in booking Braun Strowman that they just kind of went through a, the ring railing and couldn't make it back in are, are they both going to take on Brock at, at the Rumble that What's is a rumor is they're going to do a three-way and that Kane's going to eat the pin because they don't want Strowman losing again but they also don't want to have anybody else in the match so they have to get these two guys in it I mean, uh, first off, I liked Kane more when he was a libertarian than a Republican. He's running as yeah. Republican mm-hmm. in Johnson City, which so he is a monster. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I just, yeah, it. I, I, I've always like he seems like a cool dude, like minus his political beliefs, but just that guy that's been around forever and does the job, but. It really is. I think some of it's the slick presentation. Some of it is the evolution of the company. He just feels like a relic. Well, it's just hard yeah, to accept just, him now. The announcers, the announcers, I mean, we say this all the time. The announcers going overboard, talking about, I mean, just treating him like he's Braun Strowman's equal, I think is the problem. If he just came in and he doesn't have to do a shoot, but like if he just came in and he was like, I haven't been around for a while. I don't have the best win-loss record. None of that matters. If you want to take my spot on the roster, you have to go through me. Like, just, that's it. Well, it's just like years of corporate cane and yeah. all this like goofiness and stuff. Like when you then try to sell him still as a legitimate threat, I just don't think it – I don't know why for some people it does, but you know, for him and Big Show, it's just – it's been so much – yeah. And they always were, you know, whatever they needed to be. And they're great at that. That was their jobs. But I think it ultimately, like, hurt their stock. I think uh, Mark Henry is also on that list of guys yeah. where it's like, man, you guys really buried this dude with a lot of, like, shitty gimmicks. And now you want me to take him seriously as the biggest badass on the planet? Doesn't work. You have to protect these people if you want them to be threats. Sure. No, absolutely true. And I think that the protection is... I mean, broadly stated, how we got in the situation, right? I mean, or just like the the eventualities of telling stories in the modern WWE. We saw, we've already seen Lesnar versus Strowman, but the only reason that Strowman's and it's taking on Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, not the, I mean, I don't know this as an insider. I mean, I just like it. It seems to me the the reason why he's taking on Lesnar is because they have to protect him. If if he were in the Rumble then he would have to win the Rumble because of how we've set up Braun Strowman, right? Well, it's just weird so they got to pull him out, and then you have to have Kane because Brock Lesnar's not around to fight him, right? Yeah, yeah and also yeah. they don't want to have Finn Balor in that match. That's another weird. reason. It's weird to, like, do the DQ, you know, in a, in a match between Braun and Kane to decide who faces Lesnar, but not to just use it when Braun faced Lesnar. Like, you could have still had that match and just protected both guys like i honestly think that because we've been conditioned to see multiple finishers in every match that i know that they look at the one f5 as like the ultimate ultimate finisher but to me it does come off like a burial because you've trained me to watch people kick out of that thing 
a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 bizarre to me how single-minded they are about Brock Lesnar being as strong as possible for WrestleMania. I get the, ne- the necessity of having him be, you know, undefeated and really strong as a champion, but then don't put Brock, uh, Braun Strowman in the match. Yeah. Don't have him wrestle Brock Lesnar. Find other challengers for him, or just don't have Brock Lesnar on the show because they're not selling pay-per-views anymore. So it's not like, oh, we need to pop a, a huge buy rate, so we no. need to have Brock Lesnar there. They're going to sell out their their arena no matter what. They're not going to get a bunch of new uh, WWE Network subscriptions just because Brock Lesnar is in a match. The only you know, big time of the year where they get more subscribers is Royal Rumble to mm-hmm. WrestleMania. That's it. And if you look at things like towards the end of the year, which I think a lot of people are doing now, the best of, worst of list, like I think Braun is the ultimate case of wasted potential. Like the excitement of you know seeing him flip that ambulance and what crazy stunt was he gonna do and look he still has problems as a worker but like they were doing a good job and you're like oh when we're talking about authorship again like this is what vince knows what to do like yeah he is to big you know unbeatable dudes what michael bay is to objectifying women and explosions (laughs) you know yeah just the best but now it's like, how do you not know? <laughs> Wrestling is all about momentum. And if of you course. and he had so much momentum in the summertime. So why put him in a situation where you're going to pop the balloon or at least let some air out of the balloon? Keep and it's blowing the, the balloon up. And it's the combination of losing to Lesnar and then being straddled with Kane. It yeah. is the one-two punch of like, ooh, like man. Daniel Bryan when he won the title and he went right into the feud with Kane and that just was, that was it. That that just was the death now. I mean, uh, yeah. it, obviously he kept going, but then he got he, his career ended. That was the real end of it. But I mean, <laughs> well, it's like Kane is the guy that torments Zack Ryder. He's not the guy that torments Braun Strowman. You know, like remember there were years where Kane was the plot device punishment. Like yeah. if a wrestler yeah. did something wrong, it's like, well, you're one on one with Kane, and a lot of times they would overcome it. So to see Braun struggle with this guy makes no sense it's, to me at all. It's like imagine if we go back to 1998, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is red hot, just like selling out arenas, and maybe Strowman isn't exactly like Stone Cold Steve Austin, but it's the same sort of basic structure of how you build a star. Imagine if Stone Cold Steve Austin, after winning King of the Ring and and, uh, the Bret Hart feud, then went into a feud with the British Bulldog. Instead of, like, he had a title match against Shawn Michaels. He lost clean to one sweet chin music, and then immediately he's wrestling the British Bulldog. He's selling stink faces every night. Yeah, exactly. Rikishi's fine, but don't do this to Austin. Yeah, it makes no sense that they put... Arguably, their most, uh, you know, uh, the 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 star with the the future star with the most potential into this situation. Yeah, I mean, it's we had a we had a moment back at the Survivor Series where it felt like anything was possible. They're just going to tell their best stories. They're you know they're just going to get the hype up, and they kind of fell backwards into that one. And I think that the, I mean, the Strowman thing. When we look back at at, at WrestleMania time, when we look back over the previous six months, I think it'll be pretty easy to pinpoint the moment where they decided on his WrestleMania match and then just figured out the filler they had to put in to get there. Right? I mean, yeah. it's it's just it's 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 a lot of treading water. And when you have a a guy who's as over unexpectedly over as Braun Strowman, it's a it's it's crazy to tread water the way they have. Do not be surprised if Triple H shows up in this match. 
Because I still think Triple H and Strowman is the match. I don't have any problem with that. I just have a problem with, like, how many weeks do we have to go between episodes that involve the actual story they're planning on telling? Yeah. I have a problem with it because I think that Triple H is broken as a character. I'm I'm buddies with Max Landis, uh, but I don't fully get his whole theory oh. of the consistency of Triple H and all that. Uh, but, I mean, the video is great. But, like, but really like now all he does... It's like you don't get anything by beating him. No, nothing. You know, like what you happened with Seth match. Rollins? <laughs> you might get a good match these days, but but you, when was the last one? Uh, what was his like? What did he do? Oh, he was Seth Rollins. It wasn't Dean that we, we watched Ambrose. that together. Yeah. Dean Ambrose at Roadblock. Yeah, before WrestleMania 32. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that. What did exactly that do right. for Dean Ambrose? Like, that's well, he the lost thing. Well, <laughs> nothing. I yeah, know, what he, but you know, and then I mean, I think we should touch upon it that he beat Jinder in India. Yeah, <laughs> like, what is that? Well, it's Jinder Mahal. I think we've all decided that Jinder Mahal's ceiling has been hit. But at WWE the same time, everything was leading to this moment, right? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird when Triple. A, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, Un- Triple H, it's it's always just a wild card. It the, honestly, him beating Gender in India feels like a direct punishment that they're blaming Gender for. Of yeah. like, you didn't sell enough tickets. Mm-hmm. You're the reason we only had one show, and it's like it's not completely his fault. <laughs> no, no, no. He wasn't ready for the situation that he was put into. I, no, and he hasn't really improved. Right. This is a to- this is totally random, but as I was watching Raw on Monday night, and I was watching not on West Coast time, but way after East Coast time, you know, I was watching a couple hours late on DVR, and as I'm watching the show, like right at like East Coast 8.20, like right, you know, when the show would have gone off the air plus five minutes or something, I get a push alert on my phone from YouTube that says Triple H saves Roman Reigns. And I was just like, God damn it. You just spoil, I don't like, you just spoiled the ending of the show for me. I turned it off. And then as I'm watching the show, I'm like, man, I can't wait for Triple H to save Roman Reigns. This is a huge turn. And then it just never happened. And then I finally went back and looked at it later. And it was like some house show footage or like, and I was, I don't understand these push notifications. It's the first time I've ever gotten one from YouTube as far as I know. So this is just absolutely maddening. I don't even get one for this show. And I watch it every week. Yes. Yeah. You, you, oh, for the, the Masked Man show. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I can't believe you watch yourself on the Masked Man show. I'm mm-hmm. trying to improve, just like Jinder Mahal should have. He should be watching that's SmackDown a, every a really, week. really, really good And point. then you have just two friends running and beat us up. <laughs> like, yeah, well, you know. As long as we're, uh, why, as long as we're, let's get us off the complaining tip a little bit. How do you guys, how, how is, uh, how is Woken Matt Hardy going for you guys? Um, oh, but compl- don't, that doesn't mean you can't complain. I just expected a positive response. I think that. You, it's, it's you know, if Final Deletion is the room, then this is the disaster artist um, where you're nice. trying to be something. And it's just like, and I, I love it. I think the disaster artist, I love the movie. Um, but at the end of the day, it's people of a higher status, you know, ridiculing something yeah, weird and crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the laughing back and forth with him and Bray, it just doesn't feel natural. And for whatever reason, 
when you watch Final Deletion, it's just two North Carolina hillbillies with more money than they should have. Yeah. Having a fun time. And uh, tour, the right? Secret word, uh, Pee Wee Herman. But that that's what it felt like. These two guys, let's do it. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't. But it all felt like it was coming from a real place. This feels like it isn't. And, and it's hard for me to latch on to it. It's like if a company tried to manufacture a meme. Yeah. 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 I think that's absolutely right. I mean, right. those things happen, though. Like, it's like Sharknado. Let's do Sharknado sure. and try to make a bad cult movie. And then it works, and let's do seven more of them on Sci-Fi Channel until the end of time. Yeah. Like, you can't, I don't see, and that's been my whole problem with yeah, this. Yeah, I never even liked Sharknado, and I love bad movies. Like, Troll 2 is one of my favorites. Because they were trying to do something as, as opposed to just being bad at making movies. Yeah. Yeah, and Sharknado, to me, always has been, get it? And, like, look at the, you know. We got Charlie CGI. Sheen as in a cameo. Yeah. Wow. Oh, look, like, your ninth favorite cast member from Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> you know, and it, 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 it it's like yeah, you're you're manufacturing something, and I think even just woken instead of broken is just in this climate. Like at least have a black wrestler comment on that. <laughs> yeah, come on, it's so weird. Um, yeah, and also the the repetition. I mean, I, when we saw when we were at Raw, I was tr- I was confused as to whether or not he was doing a director's commentary track on an existing Bray Wyatt interview and he wasn't and now this week there's been I mean Matt Hardy responded to a Facebook comment when someone thought said that they thought they were just showing a replay from the previous week they've got to I mean they've got to differentiate the product somehow they've got to make it clear what we're watching the first one was successful so let's do it again that is that is the ethos of WWE creative in a lot of ways well you know the problem too is that they tried to mimic it when you know the Hardys were in TNA with the Wyatt New Day stuff, yes. right? And then with the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like this weird, and and Wyatt's been the constant in that, yeah. Which is interesting that now you're having the guy who basically tried to crib. <laughs> yeah, that should know. be that should. I mean, Matt should be talking about that. Yeah, he, the great thing about Matt and Bray is that they can actually say whatever they want to say. I mean, they could basically cut shoot interviews. But if they're doing it in character, it it's fine because they're crazy you, yeah. because they're crazy and because they they speak gibberish, right? Um, so there there's a lot more opportunity they're leaving on the table there. That said, it's the beginning. They're actually going through with it. That's we should give them credit for that. Also, it's it's entertaining. Yeah. To uh, to a point, obviously, because yeah. there's just like, oh, let's continue. Like, let's, let's do this it's, joke where they laugh for a minute. That's kind of lame. And like doing it again the second time I, a week later is lame. But it's still Matt Hardy's still good at playing that character. I'm, I, in, I'm interested to see where it goes in the sense that it's like if you look at Mania as like this five hour long show that you have to like sit through and it's match after match in this giant arena. Why not do, uh, you know, you're in New Orleans, do a Louisiana swamp match. Like, there you go. Just do something crazy. Like, yes. I still remember the backlot brawl. Like, yeah. it, it's kind of, you know, does not hold up well, the OJ no. references and everything. The homophobia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were doing the Bronco chase. What was that, 96? Yeah. Like, it was a year and a half afterwards. Well, you know, but, they tried to book OJ for that. Yeah, match. I know. <laughs> but But it's still memorable. And I would say, like, with this, like, do something different, but also let the rest let let the superstars superstar and let them come up with the bulk of the ideas. Cause I think that we should never underestimate the creativity of Matt Hardy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Um I will say, just to put a to put a 
pin in that that I was watching with a nine-year-old and he loved the hell out of the Bray Wyatt Matt Hardy promo as soon as he he was just like wait did something happen to Matt Hardy what's going on it's like yeah he went crazy and, he, and at that point as soon as he got he went crazy it was the most entertaining thing he'd ever seen yeah I, anyway. I also think like craziness is less powerful when you know that wrestler is wearing their own merch like and that's <laughs> when he comes out in a delete shirt i'm just gonna be like that's not the point of the character yeah he has to wear the weird like that's robe thing totally yeah. true uh we haven't talked about samoa joe the shield the bar you guys got any thoughts cesaro roman reigns was a very good match yeah i like the way they had they teased out those matches another quiver in the arrow for cesaro being a great worker mm-hmm. um it's been a while I and mean, it's not it's not like he hasn't been working but it's been, I feel like it's been a while since I was just like, oh, hell yeah, Cesaro match. He's got to have a dance partner that's up to his caliber that can work the style of match that he can work. And Roman Reigns can work with just about anybody. I was watching the Kevin Owens Cesaro match from SummerSlam. Was that like SummerSlam? Like back when Owens was the Intercontinental Champion? Yeah, yeah. SummerSlam. No. How many years ago was that? Two? 15? 16? <laughs> like two years ago. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was. It was really just a time warp to see those guys at, like just two years ago, you know. But anyway, yeah. it was and it was a really good match. I, I think like Cesaro's one of those guys where you're just past accepting that he's gonna be more, and you're like, well, at least he'll always work in the company. He's like a reliable character actor. Yeah. He's the Stephen Root of professional <laughs> wrestling. He'll always be there. He'll make other people uh, look better. And yeah, him and Dolph Ziggler are on similar trajectories, and that they will always be around, but they will never be bigger stars because somebody doesn't see it in them. I don't necessarily see Dolph Ziggler being a world champion again. I, I don't see Cesaro ever being a world champion because I don't just don't I don't get the star quality. He'd be better off somewhere else where he doesn't have to cut promos and he doesn't have to have a silly character. Or again if WWE just ran a different kind of show sometimes. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. But I, I I've really enjoyed all of that. I Samoa Joe was was really good at the top of the show. Um he's been great in the ring. Him going up against Roman Reigns, I think, is a really compelling fight. Roman Reigns has been really good. Yeah. When he's not when he's not talking about being the top dog. The big dog. The big dog. And just, it's his yard. But just making it more about like I'm what Samoans actually are and you're what they're like trying to be. Like just just go racial politics with it like full. Well, I mean, know? that's that's what's missing from every WWE feud, every angle, every storyline is why are they fighting? Yeah. Because you cost me a title match. That's the only reason. I want to be the champion. Okay, well, what else is there? Why do you hate each other? I'm sick of every person asking if my family is a part of your family. We're not. We're better than your family, and I'm going to prove it by kicking your ass. Yeah, give me something. Sell some tickets. Oh, man. But this is, I mean, Samoa Joe and, and, and uh, I enjoyed his match with Dean. But, I mean, well, Roman Reigns has had a. Roman Reigns had a great year. Yeah, if it wasn't for Kenny Omega and AJ Styles, he'd be in the conversation for best wrestler of the year. The one other note that I had on Raw was that uh, between the the Kane Strowman thing and then also the Absolution angle, how they were actually like run out of the ring finally. Like we're telling, sto- we're able, they're, they're able to tell stories on Raw because they don't have a pay per view that they're setting up. Yeah, you know, but they also did that on SmackDown five days before their pay per view. True, the exact same story. Um. So let's talk about the Clash of Champions. Let's talk about what they're doing. What do you think is going on on the Charlotte versus the Charlotte versus Natalia, Charlotte Flair versus Natalia match with all of the Riot Squad and the rest of the, the SmackDown Women's Division outside as Lumberjacks? 
I just don't know what the story is being told. If they're this outside faction, then why are they participating willingly well, in a match? It's like, like if we're, I mean, the best invasion angle of all time is the NWO, right? The best, like, three people. Because, like, that's the thing I've been thinking about with a lot of this. Three isn't that intimidating. But who was the third man and all of that initial NWO stuff, they were intimidating. So I think that it just doesn't make sense why there's three other SmackDown women who are lumberjacks in this. And then they're also just like, what's in it for them? Well, with the NWO, it's, they had a clear motivation, which is we, we're we destroying this company with, that we think sucks. Yeah. We're from New York, and right. we're going to destroy this. But there was the tension of, like, when they started doing the in, the like the branded NWO shows, and it was, like, black and white, and it was NWO guys against jobbers, and you were like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I don't right. understand. It lost Page, its initial intent. Page wrestled this week. Page wrestled last week, too. Uh, but there was something, and, and, you know, as part of an invasion, I guess it makes a little bit more... There's not as much cognitive dis- dissidence because we've seen her in the ring and in, in the in WWE's ring in the past, but it did seem like like a little bit of a deflated moment when Ruby Riot had her match this week against Charlotte. Even you know, however it ended, it was just like, oh yeah, we're just wrestlers now. Yeah, uh, and I guess that's fine. We've had factions throughout the course of history, but I mean, to have two separate women's invasions and have them both just sort of peter out in the same way at the same time is sort of bizarre. Well, Ruby Riot not getting a win is an issue. Like, yeah. obviously Paige has has uh, won all of her matches so far and, and uh, has looked really strong and cut great promos, and the exact opposite thing is happening on SmackDown. Well, so you also, can't get over if you don't go over. How many times have we seen Natalya versus Charlotte? I know, I know there, there's like... A lot, like that's what's interesting about watching WWE is that you know they announced that like Samoa Joe and Dean Ambrose were having their first match ever, and you're like, I guess they are, because there's only so many permutations every week, and right. then it's like, so they'll do that, and you're like, oh wow, fresh matchup, but at the same time, it's like I think like even just on pay per view, let alone SmackDowns, this match has happened at least what. 10, 15 times this year. Yeah, and we've seen combinations of all of those guys in the main event tag match before. We've seen everything on this show. There's nothing on this show that is like, well, that's really fresh, it's different, and they've told a great story. It's, here's a bunch of stuff you've seen a million times. It does feel like such a depleted roster. Which it shouldn't, because this is, in my opinion, the most stacked WWE roster ever. Yeah, someone was complaining about how the depleted roster. I don't even know where I was. You reading mean on today. SmackDown? No, in general. Oh, I was like talking about int- specifically SmackDown. I think SmackDown has plenty of people that they could be using. Ty Dillinger is never on the show. Well, I mean, yeah. you have, I mean, Orton and Fandango, Nakamura got a yeah. got, uh, I guess, a segment this week. But like, there's a you could imagine another reality in which like they were getting multiple segments. You know, I mean, it's there's it's it's just a weird allocation of resources. And yeah. like we were talking about with the New Day, they could be having a lot more opportunity too. All right, let's run down the card really quick. Our Hill producer Jim is in my ear, um, telling me we got to get out of here. Um, Zack Ryder versus Mojo Riley, the the two best friends finally turned against each other. One of the most compelling. Motifs in wrestling history, and they've made it boring. Wow. Good job. I don't. I don't know about this match. You got to pick. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mojo yeah. Raleigh because Zack Ryder winning this match would make no sense. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? 
Um, didn't he win the entree thing this year? Yes, yes, and he's yes. Still on the pre-show. So if you win the pre-show battle royale, you just get to stay in the pre-show. Unless you're Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's a U.S. champion now. Yeah, my I'll friend. say uh, I'll say Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, it's gonna be Mojo. Uh, Brizongo versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Oof. This is another example of guys who should be on SmackDown wrestling matches more often, and they're not. They didn't even get the uh, Fashion Files segment on the show. So it's another misuse of resources, uh, but you know they're going to lose anyway, so who cares? Bludgeon Brothers are my pick. They're getting pushed. Hopefully they're, they're, they use the hammers this time. I think uh, <laughs> to, to, you know, I talked about how dissatisfied I am with the Bludgeon Brothers outfits a couple of weeks ago. I think putting them... Alongside Brizongo is exactly the wrong look to try to just to like you don't need to get them any closer to camp than they already are. Like physically in the proximity of camp is a bad spot. They are Ascension adjacent, and they've only been on the show a month. Yeah, didn't we do this in Mighty Ducks too? You know, wasn't there the Bash Brothers? Like, um, yeah, they, I, yeah, I mean they're yeah uh, massive squash. I I say like three minutes, four minutes. Yeah, it's gonna that. be a popcorn match. Yeah. This whole thing feels like a house show. It does. It, it does. very much does. Um, Randy Orton and, and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with two special guest referees, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. I said we were going to talk for this about this for the rest of the show, but there's a lot of ways they could go with this. I mean, Daniel, it, they're clearly teasing some sort of heel turn for Daniel Bryan. Everybody's expecting the sort of rope-a-dope Shane McMahon heel turn, of, or, or not expecting it, but everyone's aware of that possibility because of the way they've been projecting Bryan's turn. Dan St. Germain seems to think that Daniel Bryan is going to wrestle for WWE again someday, although... No. Not the Royal Rumble is what he says. Yeah, I do I do like the idea. You know, Dan said, how could they possibly turn him heel because he's one of their biggest baby faces? I think that in some ways the answer is right there underneath the surface, which is that if he's not going to wrestle, then that is a huge heel move, right? If like if he were a heel and his and his shtick was like to tease, the, to tease a comeback that never happens, that's heat. You know, yep. so just, it's it's possible. Just have him say that he could have wrestled all this time, but didn't want to because he didn't think people deserved to see it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I could have been wrestling in Japan or Mexico. I decided to stay here and take make the money cash checks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of this teasing has been me trying to get more money in my next contract. Let's get. I your- mean, but, but what's interesting about this match specifically is that it's the most overbooked one with like two guest referees and all that, but it also has the most potential, like work rate rise to be the best match um this does not look like a stacked card in any way just in terms of the quality of the wrestling so if there is screwiness and there will be there can't not be at least give them 20 minutes to have a fun match and tell a story because this show desperately needs it yeah it's going to be them wrestling around the story taking place between the two referees and that's going to be weird i imagine this is going to be the main event uh, i don't see how it won't be and my guess is that Owens and Zayn win, but, thanks to Daniel Bryan interference. But it's like, you know, Zayn and Nakamura had one of the best WWE matches in years. Like, let's see, like, seven, eight minutes of that. We might. We might. I mean, they're going to tease it, certainly. They yeah. have not touched, uh, as far as I know, since uh, Nakamura came up. So there's going to be a hot crowd looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, for sure. Um <sighs> I mean, Owens and Zayn have to win. There's no way around it, right? Yeah, they've booked themselves into a corner by creating a stipulation that they can't walk back immediately. 
I also like that there are these rebels that are occupying SmackDown and they're sick of the show and they might get fired, but their new shirts are on WWEshop.com. <laughs> I'm WWE Universe is curious and interesting. Yeah, yeah well, it's okay because we're all going to be buying those shirts. I'm probably yep. going to buy one. I mean, I um, bought a Shield shirt last week. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I, no, it wasn't a yeah to you being an idiot. That oh, was just a yeah, you. we're moving on. That's just um, you accepting you're a dad who has to take his kid to watch wrestling instead of just going for yourself. Exactly. Uh, who, who, who have you got here? It's got to be Owens and Zane. Yeah. Yeah. Chicanery from Daniel Bryan. I think we're all in the same, and we're all agreed in everything so far. The only interesting thing is with the referees. I mean, and, and whether or not they let it be a really good match, I mean, that's always floating out there, but yeah. And I think also because Raw is in somewhat of a placeholder position until the Rumble, or at least until the new year when they really push hard towards the Rumble, I feel like SmackDown kind of will be too. Yeah. Like, I don't think a lot of repercussions from this show I, will trickle into the Rumble. I was yeah. thinking the same thing. Uh, oh, wait, you think it's not going to trickle into the Rumble? Not that much. Maybe, I, maybe I, the Nakamura stuff. But. I like. I, I agree with your premise, but I don't think the end. If I if I had to guess, I think we're all as much as we're all expecting this referee situation to come to a head. If I had to get, if I had to place money on it, I would say that it's going to go. It's going to be like the most placeholder version of it possible, where like Shane tries to interfere in a sort of babyface way to 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 help Orton and Nakamura win and get rid of people and Daniel Bryan stops him but doesn't actually turn heel. Right. He does like the oh no I'm just defending the I'm just you know abiding by the rules referee and then we have to wait for Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber or whatever to actually figure out if someone is turning heel. Elimination Chamber is a raw pay-per-view this year. Um all right we all got we all got Owens and Zayn the Yep movement. Um Usos New Day Shelton and Gable Rusev in English. I don't. <laughs> I have no idea who's going to win this, so I'm going to say the Usos because when you have a schmozzy kind of match like this, there's no story, so you can't really predict who they're going to just give the belts to. Yeah, I mean, I would think I would say that the odds are on them. I'll go out on a limb and just say Rusev in, in, in English. I love you it. You got a little lightning in a bottle. Just go with it and give and give the Usos someone to feud with next month. I, I say the Usos. And I mean, um, give them 30, 35. I think this this could also be a really great match. It's going to be. Yeah, th- there's a lot of a lot of people, obviously, in a lot this of match. talent, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of talent. Congrats to Aiden English for, you know, basically doing a better job of being a superstar in WWE once his tag team partner left. <laughs> like, he really, like, grabbed that quote-unquote brass ring, and now he's a, a mainstay on the show. Yeah, got the yeah. pin on Tuesday night. Charlotte Flair versus Natalia. Lum- did, did we, we didn't do picks on this. Lumber, no. Lumberjack Wikipedia is calling it Lumber Joe. I'm ignoring uh, that. Charlotte, the- Charlotte Easily. Charlotte Easily. I'm not even going to try to pretend like there's going to be a cash in. I'm no, just going to. No. Pre- but wait, can, I'm, can I can I pick non-finish? <laughs> I prefer another finish. one. I prefer uh, another no, non-finish. I feel I, like the, I, the lumberjacks will, will be will will you know get DQ'd or will will cause a disqualification. And okay, sure, you can say whatever you want. I, I always prefer Natalia as the Charlie Brown of wrestling on Total Divas. The <laughs> the saddest character. Everyone is just taking turns pulling that football away, known as life, from her. Absolutely, yeah. uh, Baron Corbin. Versus Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler in a, uh, a triple threat match for the U.S. championship. I'm going to say Roode. I am too. I think this is a perfect place to do a, a title switch. There aren't any other ones based on our predictions so far. 
and uh, Baron Corbin's done uh, jack shit with that belt so far. I I I'm, I like the I like the Rude pick. I hope that the that the booking for Bobby Rude for the next let's just say the next six months WrestleMania and beyond is that he goes and starts his own feuds and then they just put Dolph Ziggler in the match too. Like that should <laughs> that should be the gimmick. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler gets entered into all of Bobby Rude's matches. I just can't get rid of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Hi, they, guy. Hey, I'm <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. Uh, <laughs> I, jeez. Um, I mean, Bobby Roode is the, is, is, Bobby Roode was going to be my pick. Should I make a contrarian pick or should no, I just, just go with it? Say Bobby no. Roode. Say what you want to say. It's the end of the year pay per view. I'm going to say, I'll just be like, yeah, I'm going to say Baron Corbin because no one, because, Jesus. Whatever. What a, what I, mean, a Dolph, I was going to go Dolph Ziggler. Baron Corbin is my safe contrarian. Thing, <laughs> okay, so. that's a good All choice. right, so you're saying gender and we're saying AJ based on that logic. <laughs> yeah, uh, AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship. I'm 100% saying AJ Styles. Yeah, me too. I, Dan's booking of that match was uh, beyond my comprehension. There is no way he's getting the belt back because if they were going to have him have the championship, he would have had the championship in India. What? Why? Why would you give him the belt back so he can job to John Cena? I he, think. I think Dan is just a huge Cena mark. Here's the. Uh, well, I, I agree with that. I mean, we all know Dan's a huge Cena mark. Um, the only argument you could make for Jinder Mahal, or the, not the only one, the argument that I will that I will mount for Jinder Mahal is when his heat was at its peak. It was because it he it didn't make any sense for him to be in the position that he was as he as his championship reign went on. It started to make more sense, and the heat diminished. Right. Um, right now, especially after losing in India, and especially with you know the Rumble and WrestleMania on the horizon, and AJ looking like a sure thing to carry the belt through that period of time, Jinder Mahal is back to making no sense at all. So if you so if. If the plan was when they took the belt off of him, we got to figure out how to get him his heat back. This might be a way to get him his heat back. Certainly. If he beats AJ Styles and then carries the belt into the Royal Rumble, that's a huge like slap in the face to all of us smart fans. And that's what made, in so much as Jinder Mahal was working for a while, that's what was making him work. Just the fact, just the fact that it was crazy. I I think yeah. There's no way Jinder wins. It goes to AJ. Has AJ had a high profile feud with Orton yet? No. Yeah. Wait, did they? When they first, when when they early on, right? Wasn't it? Am I crazy? Was it not AJ Orton? They wrestled. They have wrestled the match, but I I see did. that as your Rumble match, and I do oh. hope for Nakamura at Mania. I but re- I think AJ keeps it till that. AJ and, and and Orton wrestled for the number one contendership around WrestleMania. Yeah, winner they? to headline WrestleMania yeah. match. Yeah, I I don't I don't see any universe where it makes sense to put the belt back on Jinder Mahal. But of course, I didn't. It didn't make sense, like you said, to put it on him in the first place. So who knows? Yeah, no, I'm I'm. Uh... AJ Styles has proven himself to be if not the best performer in WWE, one of them. And don't you want your two shows to have, you know, two really high level performers as the champion, as the eyeballs start to come back, as football season starts to end, as Royal Rumble happens and WrestleMania season really gets going. I mean, this, it is, it is weird to like, 
have like an immigrant versus a Trump supporter and be like, God, I hope the Trump supporter wins. <laughs> I mean, this really is like, he looks like he believes in yeah. deportation. You're like, yeah, but he's better. So let's do it. Yeah, I try not to think about the politics of professional yeah. wrestlers because then I just get more sad. Yeah. But yeah, I love AJ Styles. We all love AJ Styles. He's a man. Yeah, he's a yeah, wrestler of the year. Um, and this match is going to be better than it should be. I mean, they had a great, you know, SmackDown match. I think this will be fun. And yeah, I, I just don't see AJ losing. All right. We're all in agreement on almost all of the matches, except for my. Well, you gimmicked your decision because you wanted to be different. I'm not prote- you can, people can tweet at me at David Shoemaker and tell me I'm full of shit if I got it wrong. And that's you fine. Will not that's be my reading the pick. tweets because you don't go on Twitter. Oh, I've, been, I've been going on Twitter lately. Oh, that's nice. I'm, I'm making a comeback. Okay. Not, I'm making a comeback to reading tweets. <laughs> but he hasn't gotten better at it, so he's the Shelton Benjamin of Twitter. <laughs> Right, that's totally fair. Tell me the show and Benjamin of anything. I'll take that. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, I have Theo Vidal as my mom for six months. <laughs> uh, guys, we got to get out of here. What did we forget to talk about today? Nothing. There's so much. There always is so so much to talk about. I think that was pretty good. We did Jericho. We did. Jam, are you saying nothing? Yep. Oh yeah, because we talked about everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we talked about it all. Uh, Mike Lawrence, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have anything to plug? Um, Ferdinand in theater. No, uh, <laughs> if you are a John Cena fan, you will be there. Oh, yeah, um, Dan, I'm sure has already been <laughs> twice. We've all got a bull inside us that just doesn't want to fight. Oh my god! Um, I uh, <laughs> you can see me at the Dead Crow Comedy uh, February second and third, and my Twitter is at the Mike Lawrence. Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, you know, I'm at uh, Dave underscore Schilling on Twitter still. Uh, follow Mass Man at Mass Man Show on Twitter. Uh, I was on uh, Talk Hoops with Zach Harper talking about basketball and professional wrestling. So listen to that podcast. Wow. I got to check that out. Yeah. I like Zach Harper. Zach's I like great. you. Yeah, oh, you're you all right. I'm okay. I like basketball a whole lot. And we talk a lot about WWE for some reason. I like WWE. There you go. All right. We got to get out of here. Enjoy Clash, the of champions. This weekend, uh, apologies to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Too old for this shit.